Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener, the podcast about all things planty. From flowers and fruits to succulents and sowing microgreens, we cover a whole host of topics with some of your favourite people across the gardening world. This one's for those who prefer plants to people and think of their seedlings as their children. This week I went on a very exciting road trip to the amazing Amelia's Flower Farm and I just had the best day. The sky was blue, the sun was shining and we chatted about plants pretty much all day with the odd break to eat a slice of cake and drink a cup of tea. What Amelia has done with her space is so inspirational and despite it being the middle of winter there were so many exciting things to see from tray after tray of seedlings to polytunnels full of ranunculus and rows of beautiful anemones. Whether you're an aspiring flower farmer or just need a few hints and tips on growing your own flowers you are going to love this one. How are you? Hi Janet, I'm fine, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, it's lovely to be asked. It's very exciting to be doing this one in person, I think you're my first in person of the season. Oh my god, like bring it on, we've got to have more in person stuff because it's been two years of Zoom and (laughs) telephone calls, I'm over it. (laughs) Yeah, me too, and we've already had the most amazing tour of the flower farm. I know it's midwinter and you think it's best, but (laughs) to me it just looks insane. Well yeah, you have to come back in the summer because there's not a lot to see at the moment. Definitely, I've come back and see all the beautiful blooms. Well hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, To be fair, from everything that's in the greenhouses, I am so excited for you. Like the amount of trays and little seedlings that just are waiting to burst. I'm hoping, honestly, this year I've got a little bit better on what I'm hoping a little bit better on the planning <laughs> um, and yeah just got m- more manageable numbers of seedlings mm-hmm. last year was a bit crazy we just grew so much and there was almost like too much to cut really so yeah a little bit more manageable but also mm-hmm. much more thought into what varieties are growing and the colour schemes and yeah all the lovely lovely things how exciting um, so can you take us right back to the beginning where did your sort of interest in gardening begin and how have you got to this stage yeah, so, um, yeah, literally the flower farming side of it came out of kind of nowhere, really. <laughs> and like four years ago, if you'd said to me, oh, what's a flower farm? I would have literally said, I don't know, but I like the sound of it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds amazing. Um, and then that kind of grew really kind of organically and through me just doing research and like seeing people on Instagram and then like learning and going on courses and having access to some land, um, and that's just kind of grown on its own. But in terms of growing and gardening, it's something that is totally, like, just in my blood. Like, I've always done it. My mum is a massive source of inspiration for me. She's got the most beautiful garden. And when I was little, I would just go up into the garden with her and just... I didn't even realise I was doing it, but I would just be, like, creating little fairy gardens or helping her dig for the potatoes. And that was just, like, the most exciting thing on the Saturday afternoon like literally getting the potatoes and then going and making chips or something like (laughs) all those little memories just kind of they're there and they're just what I thought you did Mm -hmm. and so like then the gardening just carried on so like in my teens it wasn't very cool to do gardening so like it wasn't something that I like spoke about at school or (laughs) like I wasn't rushing home to water seedlings or anything when I was a teenager at all like it just was in the back in the kind of background of life and then as I got into my 20s and like obviously had more free time I would just just garden without even thinking about it 
um, like, you know, an old greenhouse came up for free on, on Facebook, so I'd, like, drag my dad along to, like, take it apart and, like, put it back together again in my parents' garden. So then I had a greenhouse. and But it wasn't, like, a conscious thing. And I just learned through, I think, the way everyone does, really. You watch a bit of Gardener's World, and you get a Gardener's World magazine, and then you get some free seeds, and you kind of throw them in, and then they die, and then you learn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still doing that now. I'm still killing things and learning yeah. and knowing, well, next time I'll do this. So, yeah, it's just something that's... I've been lucky enough to be around all my life and it's what I've wanted to pass on to my children um, and I think kind of the same way you can't force them into it but just the fact that they're there alongside you wondering what you're doing and you know messing around with the snails or whatever they've picked up in their travels they're there doing it so hopefully they're just learning about it at the same time so yeah it's just and then I got in I wanted to turn horticulture into some sort of a job or a career and mm -hmm becoming growing um, flowers looked like a really lovely option so I went for it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still obviously learning and I think I will be until the day I decide to throw in the tower learning because it's it's a massive roller coaster um, but we've been doing it now I started the first so two years ago I started on my own and I had a very small batch of flowers and then um, last year my husband came into the business with me full time and there's been two of us working on it so it's taken a massive leap um, there's been more time and we've grown more um, and so now we manage the business together yeah so that's kind of like where we are now <laughs> yeah it's such an amazing story as well I love that you were still so into plants even like through your teens which is I feel where most people kind of lose it like they might have gardened with their grandparents or parents as a child and then found it again sort of in their adult life but not many people kind of have that interest yeah. in it in the teenage years I think like and it wasn't um it wasn't like I had I was like reading books on it or anything like that it was just mm. osmosis like I knew that's where I was happiest or you know we'd go and visit a garden as opposed to going and doing something else you know it would always be oh let's go let's go and visit that plant center or let's go and visit that 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 beautiful national trust garden or whatever it was it was just part of life yeah um, but yeah like it still is <laughs> and now it is your life and now, it, and now it's constant <laughs> Can't escape it. <laughs> and so how much land do you grow on currently? Do you have like an estimate? Um, yeah, so the flower farm is about two acres. Mm -hmm. We've cultivated, um, we have six polytunnels, um, which are all secondhand, repurposed, homemade, kind of held together with gaffer tape and twine. So literally nothing is kind of like brand spanking new. It's all homemade. Um, but it's amazing how resourceful you can be with what you've got at your fingertips. So my husband used to be a builder, <laughs> had a lot of scaffold, <laughs> scaffold planks and and the poles. And so, yeah, so like we kind of made everything up as we've gone along. Um, it used to be an old orchard and I really wanted to retain the character of the land and the history of it because it was an old cider orchard 100 years ago. Um, and actually the very first name of my business was Cider House Bloom. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. Um, and But I renamed it quite quickly because actually... It, People weren't sure if I was actually selling cider. <laughs> they were like, that's probably not not obvious enough. Um, but I wanted to, the reason for that was because it was an old cider orchard. Mm -hmm. So we've kept every single apple tree that is, I mean, you've seen them. They're literally lying on the floor. They're really old. But we've planted around them because it's the character of the land I didn't want to lose. Plus the, the fact that all the birds nest in there. The weeds grow underneath them. But actually, I'm fine with that. We're completely pesticide free. We garden alongside the wildlife that lives in the field already. Mm -hmm. And apart from the deer, which I have fenced against coming in, because they would <laughs> decimate everything. <laughs> apart from the deer, everything else is pretty much welcomed. And it all kind of exists in its own little, it's like a little biodiversity bubble. 
everything supports everything. So we get all the birds, eat all the bugs, and you know it's it, it's it's beautiful. So that's two acres, and then we do all the um, raising from seed in my garden greenhouses, which are yeah homemade polytunnel and reclaimed greenhouses, <laughs> and yeah, just literally all kind of on the garden and um, it's all a bit haphazard but it kind of works <laughs> it's such an amazing space though like the garden and the flower farm they've both got just the most amazing views those trees in the orchard as well like it really gives you kind of like that sense of the history of what's yeah. been there before and like you're kind of working with the past to kind of like make something for the future that's it like i couldn't clear it away like even like though most of the tree is dead and there's like a couple of branches that are still alive and get these tiny little apples i'm like i don't want to clear that away and actually i'm really influenced by like i read um rewilding by isabella <gasps> That book literally changed my life Me last too. year. Yeah, it's amazing. And I know like so many people can't do that on that scale, but you can take parts of it, can't you? You can yeah. make it relevant to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And actually that whole thing about don't clear away something that's just died and fallen there. Obviously you have to if it's in your way, but if you can get away with leaving it and you can work around it, that's going to do more good than you clearing it away and tidying up. Yeah. I think that era of having a tidy garden is thankfully over, which yeah. is the best news for me. <laughs> I just think that that book was just... It was a yeah. real eye-opener of, like, you could watch the domino effect of them yeah. introducing one thing and then kind of finding the natural solution to the next piece of the puzzle. Oh, and incredible. the whole story was just insane and it really inspiring and really yeah. kind of gets you to think a bit more about what you're doing interrupting nature rather than, I think we always think that, yeah. like, nature's there because we have planted it there yeah. when actually it would grow without us and we can kind of be more at well, one. Honestly, like plants have been here so many more years, longer than we've been on the planet. Yeah. Um, another book I read was called Braiding Sweetgrass, if you, I don't know if you've read that. I know, I haven't read But that's that. incredible, and that is about how Native Americans already had this understanding of, let's not completely like tear down all the forests, or you know, literally plant monocrops, let's respect the way that the plants already have their own cycles. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, that, that book, it, it talks about the relationships between different plants and different species. I'm probably not doing it justice, but it's that again, that's a massive eye opener mm -hmm. for me. Like, you know, plants are already in their own little relationships with each other. Like, we don't need to mess with the soil, we don't need to mess with the animals that help them achieve what they need to achieve. Yeah. Like, I'm growing flowers to cut and sell. But also there's a certain amount of my crop that I know I'll never get to that mm -hmm. either it will get eaten by a few green fly or, you know, that's going to be okay because the butterflies are going to pollinate that bit and that's yeah. actually okay. Like, I don't need to be, literally, I've planted 60, I need to harvest 60. Mm -hmm. I've got my own numbers in my head to make it work financially, but I can afford to have that little bit of give. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a, a privileged position to be in, I don't know, but I, to me it's important. I didn't want to have a business that was going to take, take, take. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like part of our message about when you buy our flowers, you're actually, you're doing something good for the planet. Like yeah. we are literally kind of replacing that in the soil every year. And I imagine it makes it so much more of an enjoyable place to be as well, because you've got the the the, girls, the birds and the wildlife yeah. and everything kind of like coming to enjoy your space just as much as you are. Oh, honestly, like literally, I'm not even exaggerating. We were cutting flowers last summer and it was like first thing in the morning and like, Literally all these butterflies were kind of waking up and like turning up and it was like humming with bees. And I was Aww. like, honestly, we don't want to be anywhere else like because this is truly beautiful yeah. and magical. Um, and it's amazing actually when I'm selling my flowers from my flower truck and I will talk and I love getting the opportunity to take the truck out and I have all these cut flowers I've harvested that morning. And I'll take it somewhere like really busy, like Centre of Exeter or somewhere and I'll talk to all my customers about the flowers. and. You know, I'll literally be saying, oh yeah, we don't use any sprays, we don't use any chemicals on the ground, we no dig, 
you know, we're literally like wildlife friendly. And literally, as I'm talking, like bees will be like coming in <laughs> to the truck. And I'm like, honestly, I don't even need to sell it because look, yeah. and that, that doesn't happen on flowers outside a supermarket. No. Because there's no pollen there. <laughs> you know, like there's nothing there for the bees we even find. Whereas like they'll always find the truck wherever I am. And they'll just literally be like there in my bouquet. And Aww. I'm like, like how you can't get a better advert than that, can you? Not at all. And yeah. I think people flock to the flock to the yeah. truck just as much as yeah. the bees do because it's so cool. People love the truck. <laughs> the pattern on it is just it's like the perfect Oh, uh, do you know what? I can't even take credit for that. I had an amazing web designer and um, he came up with all that and it was like, yeah, that is exactly what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Like I would be rub- I'm rubbish art and all that kind of stuff. So like how he got that from what I described to him, I've got no <laughs> idea. But yeah, he did a great job actually, yeah. Yeah, no, that is amazing. So what is what let's start with what's the most the thing you're most excited about growing this year? Oh god, that is so hard because I love everything. <laughs> I you can so have like a top three, top excited. five. Okay, so Snapdragons were a massive revelation for me last year. Yeah. So I grew the open varieties, the Madame Butterflies and the mm-hmm. Chantillys with the open faces, absolutely adored them. Um I grew the ivory, which was really, really useful for mm-hmm. weddings. Um, and some of the other varieties, like the bronze and salmons, they're a little bit too orange. So they're not necessarily useful for weddings, but brilliant for bouquet work. So I'm going a little bit more on the pastel snapdragons. I'm quite excited about those. We've got some different varieties of those um, that I'm growing. We've put in a hundred new bare root roses, um, which I'm really excited about some of those. I've got that Coco Loco, which is that kind of like really unusual shade, isn't it? and some other really, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of the names of the ones I've put in, but quite exciting rose varieties that I've been waiting to kind of get my hands mm-hmm. on. So You've got roses in bloom now as well. Uh, honestly, <laughs> what's going on with the weather, though? It's like, Is it spring? It's like spring already. I'm thinking, don't get lulled into a yeah. month. It's probably going to snow next week, but... Um, yeah, no, I know, I know. They've just been good. They're quite, we're quite sheltered. We're quite lucky where we are in Devon. It's quite a sheltered little valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the history of the land is that they used to grow. There used to be massive anemone growers around here. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like all the old farmers, you kind of trundle past in their tractors and always come and talk over the gate. And their their advice is always so welcome. But they're literally like, "Oh, the ground's really good for growing." And I'm like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I thought it was me, but it's not. <laughs> like it's really good, like ground. Um, so yeah, snapdragons I'm really excited about this year. The roses. Um, what else have we got going in? I'm just trying to think. This is where my mind just gets completely blank. I'm like, ah. Um, oh, I've got loads of different um, pneumoniums, like sea lavender oh, okay. um, types. They're like the smaller status style, like mm-hmm. that, because actually they give that lovely kind of wispy, airy look to a bouquet. So I, I found myself really wanting to use those. I didn't have a lot of them last year, so I've gone quite big on my seeds for those. Mm-hmm. Oh, and straw flowers. I'm growing loads more straw flowers this year. What kind of colour straw flowers? Oh, my goodness. Got? I've got, like, the um, silvery rose one. Yes, I've got that one. one. Yeah. Um, oh, I need to go and get my nips. Um, <laughs> um, I've got, like, the peachy ones. Um, there's a strawberry one. Oh, yeah. so there's one called dragon something. Have you seen that one? Uh, no. I think it's, it's going to be a bit crazy dark, but actually... I'm thinking if I do a late sowing of those, mm-hmm. so it's in the autumn time, so you want those kind of slightly more autumnal colours, yeah. it might be quite cool then. Definitely. Um, I had some, yeah. the straw flowers I grew last year were kind of like apricotty tones to like a really deep red. Yeah, yeah. And I was drying them for Christmas baubles, and they ju- oh. they're just so like regal and oh. like beautiful. They're perfect for Christmas. It just lasts forever. Yeah. They're just ridiculous. They're like little dry, they're just, oh, I love them. People call them everlasting flowers, don't yeah. they? And you don't expect them to genuinely last no. forever, but they, they are. They do just feel like. 
like paper, don't they? Yeah. They are incredible. And they drive so quickly and yeah. so well. Yeah, I didn't grow enough of them last year at all. I did a little trial. Mm. I was like, oh, I love you these. You too. Yeah. And like you say, they last for ages, so they're yeah. really useful. I've gone for all, like, everything on my allotment is pastel, pinky, peachy tones. But yeah. I've gone for pastel, peachy, <laughs> like, white tones. Yeah. Um, for a bit more of, like, a spring summery vibe. And I'd like to dry some to, like, put in um, vases for, like, over the... Over the winter season when there isn't yeah. so much around, but still have that kind of light spring air about it. it. Yeah, I think you, you need it, don't you? Especially like like if you think now, it's there's not much in the garden, is there? Like you yeah. can have a few like hellebores and things, but there isn't there isn't a load. Um, I think if you can have, and I've seen people decorate Christmas trees with them as well, which looks amazing. Yes, I'd looks love so to do that. Someone did a straw flower chicken. <laughs> they like. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but it must have been like a wire chicken frame, like <laughs> statue amazing. thing. Um, Katrina from Homegrown Garden, I think it was, shared it. And she is... said it put our balls to shame with how they'd done it so well. It was, you could still tell that it was a chicken and it had just been made out of these straw blowers. So it was amazing. Clever. Some people are so clever though, aren't they? Yeah. It's so well thought out. It's great. But they look great in like dried wreaths as well the yeah. yeah. I, I imagine they probably work really well in, in fresh like, wreaths yeah, as well yeah they, they do like in Christmas wreaths mm-hmm. like I always have them as an option for people on the side along with like because we did dry quite a lot of our harvest but I was telling you earlier like the grass has worked really well but my garage is way too damp for dry flowers so <laughs> I've just mm-hmm. literally thrown away boxes of multi dried flowers but that's just we're just going to just keep it really simple <laughs> next year and not try and dry as much um, but yeah no they do they, they do they work really really well in fresh wreaths um, because you can actually obviously use them as a fresh flower as well. So yeah. I just put them in bouquets as is as well and don't necessarily dry them. But then say to people, oh, you can keep that like from your bouquet. Um, yeah. And they love that. Yeah. Nice little memento. Yeah. I don't know why they weren't... Did they fall out of fashion? Because they don't seem like they were that popular until quite recently I yeah. started seeing more of them. I think last year was the first time I'd ever seen them. And yeah. it was from Homegrown Gardens, baubles that she made yeah. the previous Christmas. And I was like, I must grow them to make that bauble. Yeah, so cool. But I feel like in the last year and for planning for 2022, yeah. everyone seems to have them now. And, like, seen, yeah. We're going to have like massive patches of them as well. Because... You yeah. almost can't get enough of them. Yeah, no, I know. No, I could just cut and cut them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And they're really easy enough. to grow as well. Like, yeah. I think I sort of like scatter yeah, sowed yeah. a tray full of them, pricked to load out, and then just neglected them until they were planted no, out. Same, and they same still thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I had them. I had the, they were actually like a bit of an afterthought because I was doing a little trial of them. And of course, you never put as much because it wasn't like a massive, great big long row of them. I just had a little patch of them. And yeah, and suddenly I turned around. I was like, oh yeah, wow, look at those. And yeah. Just like, but I love that about flowers though. Yeah. <laughs> when you garden and when you grow things, you put something in the ground, like a peony or something. And then you get busy doing something else. And it's, you suddenly turn around. It's been a couple of months. And you go, oh, that's actually growing. Like, yeah. oh, that's so exciting. But it's been getting on with it while you've been doing something else. But Definitely. That's I love it. For me. When you've forgotten. Oh, yeah. I've got some little anemones that are planted in a little pot that I must have done, like, September time. And there's one, and it's got, like, a 10-centimetre stem, but it's bloomed, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh, my God, there's an anemone! Yeah, that's just such a nice surprise, isn't it? Yeah. that, That is the magic. That isn't it. That is, I think that's what keeps you gardening. Because you just, it's the surprises, and you go, oh, yeah, look, I did actually plan that (laughs) six months ago. (laughs) Yeah, I think you almost don't quite know, like, obviously you can see the pictures from websites and photos that other people have shared, but you never know quite what your flower's going to look like. And you can't, 
photos do they do it justice but yeah. you can't capture the actual magic of when you see it in real life and you've sown that from seed and you're like oh my god oh my that's god amazing. honestly actually that was what i meant to say what i'm really excited about this year so we actually took the plunge and bought five thousand tulip bulbs this year which we have planned <laughs> and i am so excited about them because yeah. i've gone for like wacky crazy like parrots and doubles and yeah i can't wait i'm like slightly nervous about them blooming but i'm also really excited about seeing them blooming because i've never grown tulips like that before like mm-hmm. I've grown them in the garden but I've never grown them as a flower farm and you plant them en masse yeah um so yeah that is yeah that's a, quite an exciting I think that all of your customers will be like blown away as well because yeah. you do you do not see anything other than standard tulips no. in like red pink and yellow in yeah. the supermarkets and yeah. do you know what I, I actually before last year don't think I've ever seen those parrot ones and the kind of Ones with like ombre colourings. Oh, yeah, some of the varieties are incredible. Mm. You can get totally carried away on those bulb caps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at them thinking, what that one and that one. Um, they add up yeah. quite quickly as well. Oh, I remember thinking, I was like, I've ordered 200 tulip bulbs, yeah. that's going to fill like this entire bed, and then it filled yeah. like a tiny corner. And yeah. I was like, wow. You can spend them, absolutely. You have to be quite careful, especially as a flower farmer, if you want to make a profit from that bulb. Yeah. If that bulb's cost you like 40 pence already. And then not to mention the labour getting it in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, in terms of a flower, you don't have to, once you've got it in the ground, as long as you harvest it at the right time, it's going to come on up on its own. That's yeah. the best thing. And it's growing through the months where there's not many pests. Mm-hmm. So as long as you don't get, like, some evil little rabbit kind of <laughs> digging them all up <laughs> or something, you know, it should be, hopefully. Once it's in the ground, that's it. It's going to mm-hmm. do its thing. But, yeah, you do have to be quite careful, like, to make sure you're going to make like, some money back on that. <laughs> yeah. You just can't charge what supermarkets charge because you're just completely different no but it's so much more special and like I said you couldn't buy anything like that in a supermarket it's not the same thing at all it's been grown with love and care exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's been Devon grown yes the best kind of grown You must be excited about the peonies as well. Did you say it's your first year that you can cut them this yeah, year? Yeah, they've been in. They've been in three years, so literally, I can actually cut some flowers from these. I'm not going to go now. <laughs> but oh my goodness, harvesting some of those peonies, and there are some really beautiful. Like there's the Sarah Bernhardt. There's like white ones um, and pink ones. I've got Coral Charm in there. There's like one called like Hawaiian. I can't even remember what it looked like because I've been really careful, and I read somewhere or somebody told me that you should cut the buds off in the years mm. where they're getting to that stage to build up bulk. So the last two years, I've been quite heartbreakingly cutting the buds off oh. them. Like, literally, like, not even trying not to think about it too much. Like, you're so <laughs> desperate to want... Actually, I did let a couple flower because I just had to look at them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have been cutting off the buds to be really careful and to try and, like, make that plant bulk up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Because peonies will last for... I mean, my parents have had their, their peony bush in their garden. They've lived there 45 years. Wow. And it's been there that amount of time. That's insane. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I mean, they will last for so long. Do they ever split their peony? Or do they just let no, it? They never have, actually. It's always just come. It's not my mum's favourite, actually. It's in the front garden. It kind of just gets left to do its own thing. So now I'm like, <laughs> Mum, you know those peony buds that look like they're about to? <laughs> do you mind if I just cut a few? <laughs> She's like, no, help yourself. My mum's amazing like that, though. She's like, anything you need, come up to the garden and oh, cut amazing. it. Yeah, no, she's really sweet. And I always feel a bit guilty. I'm like, sure, you don't want, you want me to cut that flower? It's looking rather lovely. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, no, she's really, yeah, really sweet. Um, but yeah, so they do. They last for so long. It's yeah. amazing. So yeah, so I, I wanted to invest. Yeah, get off to a really good start. So I was like, right, I'll be really disciplined with them. Um, but I've got about, I think I have about, I've got five beds of them. I think it's about fifty. Oh, cool. 50, yeah. Um, oh, they will be so beautiful. They've got yeah. a really short season, haven't they? Like they yeah. only are in bloom for. 
So yeah, they do, but you get like early, middles and lates. Mm -hmm. So like I think if I did, when I originally ordered them, which mm -hmm. was like three years ago, and I've kind of forgotten now, but I think I did try and stagger that, to try and make that season as long as possible. Yeah. But yeah, it is. That's what makes them more special though, doesn't Absolutely. it? Because their season's so short, and that's why everyone loves them. Yeah. They suddenly see them like, oh, and it's like the arrival of kind of early summer, isn't it? It's like May, June, mm -hmm. and that's just such a lovely time of year. And they're just so like gorgeous and marshmallowy and just oh. like... And they go on and on and on, and the yeah. more they're in the vase, the more they open, and then they just get to that point where they suddenly, like, they're just as open and as beautiful as they could be, and then the next day they're on the kitchen table. Yeah. <laughs> they've just dropped all their such divas, and they've just dropped all their petals, and you just think, oh, there's nothing quite so, I don't know, what's the word, flamboyant about Yeah, damn. This year, I think I'm going to buy, I'm going to take the plunge, I'm going to buy a couple of, like, yeah. five-year-old yeah, potted yeah. <laughs> peonies. Because yeah, I've, got, I've got two in my allotment, from last year that I think were probably like two years old. I've got them potted as well. So I don't know if they'll flower this year and I feel like I'm meant to cut the buds off still because they've only been put in the ground this year. Yeah, so... But then they're only for the allotment, so I don't know if it matters so much because yeah. I'm not planning to... They're not cut flowers, they're no, just in yeah. order. Yeah, so I don't know, just I would let a couple. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just do a bit of both. They like, I know you're not meant to cut that much foliage from them, are you? Because like, foliage no. is what feeds them for the rest of the year, so you have to be like quite... Quite careful, um, yeah. Which me, yeah, I would definitely cut. Oh, they are. I, they probably are my favourite flowers. I've never yeah. had. I think I had a bunch of my birthday a few years ago, but I've never grown them before. But I think that they're one of those things that you probably get a little bit obsessed with. Oh yeah, absolutely. That and like David Austin roses, which yeah, like, I'm pretty certain you could never have too many. Like, never. I always ask one for my birthday, and so I always get like a new one every year, and I just put it somewhere in the garden. Mm -hmm. And actually, my husband said to me the other day, he's like, "Phoebe," he and he's like, "I've just heard on the radio." Um, someone asking someone about their favourite flower and he's like I know I should know this but I don't know your favourite flower <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's ridiculous I was like, actually it's a bit like choosing between your children like yeah. I do genuinely love nearly everything I grow if I don't like it then I'll probably never grow it again yeah absolutely it's out. but you know like I do genuinely love everything but I said to him like the David Austin that grows around our front door which is like generous gardener I think and it's that pale pink it smells like sherbet lemons I was like when that blooms, honestly, I can't tell you, I'm just happy to have another one. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like sherbet. Honestly, my son, my eldest son, Rafferty, said to me, Mum, that flower smells just like sherbet lemon. And I smelled it and I was like, it absolutely does. Amazing. That is what it is. That's like my favourite sweet. I'm pretty certain it's that generous garden. Like, I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, you'll have to check. But um, it's um, it's a really beautiful pale pink, big double ruffled David Austin. Yeah, it's um, it's I love it. It grows on our porch. I've had it in there for about ten years. And, Amazing. Oh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to. Uh, if I had to choose, order that when I get home. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> um, what would also be up there in your top favourite flowers? So yeah, roses for definite. Um, what else have I got going? I mean, it, I, it, I've got to be honest. Starting flower farming, probably the first flower that caught my eye, and I'm not. It's not that I don't like it now, but it's it's definitely a bit one of those flowers that you could probably get a bit tired of. But the Cafe Ole Dahlia, mm. if you've never seen one before, yeah, it's majestic. It's ridiculous. You can't even believe it's real, can yeah. you? It's huge. It's beautiful. The colouring's perfect. The shape is beautiful. So I think dahlias, I, I do really, really love dahlias, um, and I do grow them. But as a cut flower, for me, um, they're not the longest lasting flower, plus they don't travel. Mm. So it's got to be for the right market. And I've learned that. You know, you're learning all the time, but I've learned that this last year, that actually, you know, that's probably not a good idea if I'm sending a bouquet in the post, which is what we do do. I'm not going to actually include dahlias in that because mm -hmm. they don't travel very well. They don't like being out of water. Yeah. They get a bit squashed. Um, 
but they are you, they are incredible. They're a real like wow factor. But they are. If I take them out on the flower truck without fail, at least three people will come up to me and say, "Are they real?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "Yeah, no, they're definitely all real. Like I'm not selling fake flowers." <laughs> but like, and they they can't believe it. They've never seen anything like it. Like, some of those bald dahlias yeah. are like incredible, aren't they? They're so like ornately detailed. Yeah, that you perfect. can barely believe that. Yeah, Something. that's a real thing. Yeah. That nature actually created it just like that. It's amazing. I'm yeah. going to go big on croissants this year, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm just finalising my list, but um, I want to be able to extend my season. We've got the polytunnels, and yeah. so I want to grow those big, beautiful Aloise croissants that I've seen everywhere um, to hopefully extend our season a bit further into November. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of the year, I tend to run out of a bit more of steam. <laughs> like, I'm getting a bit more tired. I'm thinking, if I had a whole new set of flowers that are about to come Definitely. on, instead of kind of thinking, oh, the dahlias are still going, let's, they get tend to get a bit tired by November, mm-hmm. so actually to have chrysanthemums come in would actually be really great at the end of our year. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be another kind of new set of flowers, which I'm quite excited about. Yeah. I feel like they're just about to really take off as well with popularity. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some at the Chelsea Flower Show, and to be honest, quite a lot of the ones that I saw, I couldn't actually believe were chrysanthemums because yeah. they weren't anything like what no. my what was in my head as a chrysanthemum. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone says, and quite a lot of people will say when they phone, oh, no chrysanthemums in the bouquet, mm. because they've got in their head that kind of typical daisy shape with, like, the yeah. spray, and it's, like... It, it, Yellow garage yeah. flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. It's that kind of traditional thing, isn't it? But actually, the breeding on those, and I think Sarah Raven's been amazing on this year, mm. like, kind of pushing them. Um, yeah, now, now, like you say, it doesn't even look like a chrysanthemum, but they're so beautiful. Yeah. And their vase life, you know, compared to a dahlia, it doesn't even compare. Like, they are so long-lasting. Yeah. Um, so they're a really good, I think they'd be a really good flower. And especially if you can get hold of the unusual variety. Mm-hmm. Like, say, people are like, oh, I've never seen that before. I just don't even know what that is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite excited. Oh, and Iceland poppies is the other thing. Mm-hmm. So I grew a small trial of them last year. Absolutely loved them. And they are so beautiful. And if you cut them at the right time, you can transport them in bud. And then people oh, can, like, wow. peel off the outer bit. And then they just kind of come open with this, like, I mean, they're incredible. Have you ever grown them? I've not. I, I had some seeds last year, but... I don't know what happened. I don't know if someone squashed them or I remember them germinating and then never seeing anything more of them. <laughs> so that can happen. Like you can germinate them and you get this little mini tiny little seedling and then it kind of withers away and you're like, what happened? They really, they're quite, they can be a bit tricky, but when they get a little bit bigger, yeah. I'll, I'll send you away with some plants because literally you've got to grow them. When they flower, you'll be like, how have I never seen this flower before? It's they're like quite tissue paper. Sunny, aren't they? Yeah. But they've got, again, they've got a really, you have to sear the end in boiling water. Oh, one of those kind yeah, of flowers. Yeah, you have to, otherwise they don't last in the vase. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that opens, that is the most beautiful flower. And they it's like look kind of late insane. spring. Yeah. And they are when they're growing, they get these like really big fat hairy pods. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is that? It's like something from science fiction. <laughs> but they are amazing. Yeah, Iceland poppies, yeah. And so yeah, I've got I'm gonna have a whole poly hopefully, fingers crossed. It can never count it until it's actually blue. <laughs> The idea is to have a whole polytunnel of those this year. Oh, that just white and pink. So I'm going to try to weed out the orangey colours because you can mm-hmm. get them with quite a vivid orange, which I actually quite like, but it's not a massive seller. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm quite excited about those. Oh, yeah. they sound amazing. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> oh, I love talking about flowers so much. Oh my god, honestly, like just well, <laughs> I could talk about it all day long. I think we have been talking about I it know, all day I long. Know, I, know. I know it's ridiculous. I literally go to bed like listening to podcasts about flowers, and yeah. then I'm like watching it on TV, and then talking to my husband about it, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't literally talk about anything else. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I find that someone will say something in a conversation, and somehow I manage to weave it into yeah. talking about gardening, and yeah. they're like. How have we even managed to get here? And I'm like, I'm not really sure, but I'm no. glad we're here. I know. <laughs> I know. 
same, I know. I'm constantly the same. It's just ridiculous. And my boys are saying, Mum, Mum, why do you love plants so much? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you love them more than us? I'm like, well. <laughs> it's a tricky, tricky, it's tricky. Let's not have that conversation today. <laughs> plants don't argue back with me quite no, so much. No, they're much easier. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say they're probably less expensive. I don't know if that's true, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a tricky one. Yeah, right? I don't know. It's a... Uh, I would love for someone to work out. You know, they do that, like, oh, children man. over their lifetime cost you, like, oh, however many oh thousands of pounds. I wouldn't want to know. Like, that would just be, yeah. And then if someone worked out how much you spent at the garden centre, yeah. <laughs> that would be dangerous. I wouldn't like to know how much yeah, I spent over the last few Let's not worry about it. I think it's money well invested. Absolutely. <laughs> also, a lot of these plants we were saying about, like, the perennials, yeah. although they are a bit more expensive, they literally give you so oh. much. I bought, last year, five or six geans for the flower farm. And then along with, um, I have um, a guy called Ian who comes up and helps me one day a week on the flower farm. And he's like, been in horticulture all his life. He's amazing. He basically turns up, tells me everything I'm doing wrong. <laughs> we have a bit of an argument about it. And then he would just like turn one plant into 20. And literally these five GMs which I brought, which are really beautiful colours, like Mai Tai is one of the colours. It's like really lovely. Like, oh, like the cocktail. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the colour is like that kind of strawberry burnt um like the little flex, I'm trying to think now if I got that one right. I think it is the Mai Tai that's like a really lovely, it's either a salmon one or a strawberry type coloured one. Mm -hmm. I've got two different ones anyway, and he literally, I bought these four or five plants, and he turned them into about 30. That's and just from having the expertise and the knowledge, um, and it was just so useful. Um, so I'm going to try and um, video him a bit more over this year, because mm -hmm. he just knows so much, and like if I can just put it into a really quick little something for social media, yeah. then, like, we can all kind of learn from him, because it's just brilliant. Definitely, yeah. and there's so much good stuff you can do with like plant sharing as well. Where oh, yeah. like someone takes like one little cutting and they manage to turn it into like oh. ten different plants. I can do it with house plants because I'm always I'm forever giving people house plants. But I feel like the garden plants scare me a little bit. But this year I'm really going to try because yeah. I've got like a vegetable, but um, my Taunton Dean perennial kale. Oh yeah has got huge and I need to cut it anyway and I'm like I can root that and then that's perennial yeah. kale that I can give away to oh. other people so they can enjoy it too just brilliant yeah and like, it, it so sounds like it's really quick and that. easy yeah yeah and I think that's true for lots of things it's just having the knowledge isn't mm. it and having the confidence to do it definitely and like scented pelagoniums like I grow a lot of scented pelagoniums because that foliage is really useful in the late summer and yeah. it's really it smells amazing and it lasts for ages in the vase it will literally root in the vase when people have got it it's like, oh really yeah, yeah, they're okay it will literally root um, but that is so easy to take cutting as well. Mm -hmm. And so every year, like, literally, I'm just getting more and more because it's just such a quick and easy thing to do. Yeah. And um, it's so much fun as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. When you're like, I made this plant yeah. child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. I only bought one, and now yeah. I've got <laughs> a whole row. I really want to oh, try yeah. it with um, some of the dahlias this year. I want to do, like, the kind of, what is it called? The oh, yeah. Foot cutting. Yeah, like, taking the cutting, like, from when it's grown from the tuber. And yeah. And you take a little bit of the tuber and take that cutting. Yeah. 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 No, so I'm going to try that this year to kind of hopefully bulk out my daily collection yeah. a little bit more. And because I need loads of daily plants this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you've got a full-on wedding growing yeah. to be doing, haven't you? Yeah. Although no, that, you were saying about how dahlias aren't great in bouquets and I was like... <laughs> probably ordered a few too many really <laughs> no you're fine they throw in water but i think they last about i think you've got four hours out of water mm -hmm. but yeah as long as that's during the main photography bit yeah <laughs> fine. Fine. i think that yeah. they'll probably be more like table decoration bits anyway oh that's fine They're so they water. can stay in the water yeah, and then fine. maybe like one or two like big ones for yeah the bouquets but i might pop a little like bar like 
thin bars yeah. of water. On yeah, the you end. can get like those little. Um, they've got like a rubber cap on them, and it's yeah. Kind of, like you just as long as no one can see it, then yeah. you can hide it in the middle of it or something. Definitely. But you probably won't. I I did make a bridal bouquet last year with um, Cafe Lay Dahlias because that's what the lady wanted, mm-hmm. and it was a really beautiful bouquet. And I said to her, just do not take it out of the water until last minute. Yeah, you're about to leave. Get someone to just dry the ends. Be really careful, obviously, next to your dress. And it was fine, and she loved it, and it, and it looks beautiful in all the photos. So I'll I think it's probably you can worry too much sometimes yeah. like, about these things. But um, they yeah. were what it was just lucky that her Tanya's color scheme happened to fit with what I would grow anyway. Yeah. So I was like, it doesn't even matter if I've way over ordered for this. Yeah, no, um, I won't. Yeah, because I'll still use all of them anyway. And don't forget, sometimes th- throughout the year, dahlias will completely change colour as you go, even just one variety. Oh, really? Yeah, it'll be brighter, like when the sun's shining, a little bit brighter, and then as it goes into autumn, like it just like it's just subtle. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, oh my goodness, that's actually now a completely different shade, oh, and that's, that's so I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, I um I find with dahlias as well, like the most exciting one is always the first one because yeah. one, you're working out whether <laughs> someone has sent you the wrong tube, yeah, totally, <laughs> and whether it's going to be a, the complete wrong colour, but the first one just always seems to be the most beautiful. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. You just can't wait to see it, can you? No. You just can't believe that's just turned up. You're like, I can't believe that flower yeah. disappeared. Yeah. Sometimes overnight as well, yeah. you're like, that was a bud yesterday. What yeah. has happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that when they suddenly just pop and you just think, yeah. oh, wow. And you just can't wait. You wait for so long yeah. to go and then suddenly you've got like a whole field of them and you think, oh, my God, they're all like, yeah. Me. I can't now keep up with cutting them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted, wanted to ask on the dahlias, do you disbud yours so that they've got a longer stem? I don't, but I think, I, I do, um, um, what's the word? Um, pinch them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do obviously pinch them out when they're first growing to get them branching. So you don't want that massive, yeah. great big, like kind of massive, um, thick stem coming straight up. So that, if you um, pinch that out at the beginning, and obviously then you get your branching stems. And then I don't actually, because I'm not growing dahlias for exhibition. Like I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't need to absolutely like take out the tiny bud. Like literally, I am cutting them all the time, like every two days. I'm going up and trying, oh, that's what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to cut through them every two days. Because actually the amount of blooms they produce is so immense, yeah. you can't keep up with it anyway. You're never going to use every single one, you just aren't. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I don't, I don't have the time to go and do that and take that much care. Like, mm-hmm. But I just literally, I try and get to it, if it's been more than two days, or if it's rained and it's been open, then I won't use that bloom mm-hmm. because it'd just be past its best. Um, so you just be quite careful with dahlias because they can just very quickly suddenly. Sorry, my cat's just joining. Um, they can just suddenly just just go over because either they've got a bit of rain in them and they get a bit mushy. So I think yeah, yeah. Um, but they produce so many. Yeah, you, definitely. You never worry about it. You kind of chop that one off, and then it's it's kind of brothers behind it, yeah. <laughs> ready to take over. Also makes those beautiful compost. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> when you put all of yeah. those like little petals. <laughs> yeah, actually, it does, yeah. Um, I tried, did, did a few like trials on drying different petals for confetti. Oh, yeah. And um, I did some da- Café au lait dahlia petals, yeah. and they, they do dry quite small, but they were beautiful. I've, I've used them, yeah. You can dry them so quickly in the microwave. Oh, really? I've done that before, yeah, for confetti. Um, you can dry them with like a piece of kitchen towel in the microwave. They dry really quickly. Like, just do it in little quick blasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and dahlia petals, like, it's such an easy way to get a multicoloured confetti yeah yeah it's like all the burgundy ones and you can mix them all up yeah they're perfect i did the same with the sweet pea petals oh really yeah they were beautiful and Ah. they still smell like sweet peas as well that's amazing i actually just left them on um in the greenhouse overnight yeah on a on that really hot week last year yeah and it, it made quite a small amount considering I thought I'd picked hundreds. Yeah, um, and they just go to like tiny things. Yeah, but it, it was beautiful. Like, I That's gave amazing. it to someone else 
for their wedding confetti. But we've obviously got to make quite a lot this year to make it worthwhile. But um, yeah, hopefully for Tanya's wedding, we'll have lots of oh, yeah. like mixed homemade confetti. And I'm planning to do it. I know you probably shouldn't use the ones that are past their best, but I'm planning to do it from all of the ones that are just not quite oh, perfect. I would definitely do it for confetti. Definitely yeah. use as many as you can. Yeah, literally. It's not going to matter, is it? Once you've dried it out, it's all just going to be in the mix. No. And it, through drying them, seems to like intensify the colours. Yeah, the sweet does, peas yeah. went into like a really deep raspberry red. They oh, were wow. absolutely I've never heard about sweet peas. That's amazing. And I think daily petals... Actually, maybe don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty certain they're edible. <laughs> they are, yeah. yeah. You can put them in salads and things. Well, I've heard that too. Oh, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely I only believe daily achievers, so I can't imagine the petals would be like poisonous, but I'm pretty no. certain I've read that you can put like all the petals in salad. How gorgeous would that be? Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah, so many yeah. different colours you can get. And another edible flower. I love the edible flowers because yeah, yeah. they're so versatile oh, with yeah. like nasturtiums. And yeah. like the pepperiness in a salad is actually oh. like, uh, also adds a lot of taste. And they're one of my favourite flowers to grow. I love the leaves. They're such a beautiful like yeah. shape, aren't they? The way the raindrops kind of run off the off nasturtium leaves. Definitely. We actually grow a lot of calendula because I like mm-hmm. to use it in my bouquets, and I love that smell. Like some yeah. people hate it. It's like kind of slightly marigoldy smell, isn't it? But I love that kind of smell of like all the foliage. Um, but they're they're another really beautiful edible flower. But they're a really good cut flower as well. Definitely, I love um, nasturtium pesto as well. Yeah, I've never made that. Do you I make it with recommend. like the little? With the little sea heads, or do you make it with the with the leaves? You can do it with either. I tend to do it with the leaves because the little seed pods are just a bit too peppery for me. But oh, you can yeah. chuck like one or two in as like seasoning. Oh yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, I've never done that. Oh yeah, I'd love to try that. Yeah, that and. I've not tried it, but apparently carrot top pesto is also really Oh, nice. really? Yeah. Oh, I do make it with, like, we get loads of wild garlic that grows, like, up oh, the lane yeah. in the spring. Yeah, and that's amazing. I love making the soup. Although my sister says, like, when she eats it, like, she's like, I think I've got, like, garlic coming out of my pores. <laughs> it's really stinky. It probably is, like, detoxifying. <laughs> it is, yeah. I love it. But, like, yeah, nobody wants to kiss you for a while. No. <laughs> that's fine. My sister made um, wild garlic and cheese, like, little scone muffin type things oh, last year. I never actually got to oh. have one, so it We've gone by the time I got there. Oh, I need to try one of those. That sounds really good. Yeah, they sounded amazing. Like that was some Lurpec butter. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that sounds really good. Oh, I've, I've got to get that recipe for me. Yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll pass it, pass yeah. it over. Yeah, no, do it. Yeah, that's one of my favourite things, though, because actually that's what got me into growing flowers, is growing your own food and, mm. like, kind of, that kind of slight foraging type of approach to knowing what plants are. Yeah. Which actually everybody would have known, like... I don't know, 100 years ago, would people have known more about what was growing around them? I think they probably yeah. did. Um, and I mean, I think that's just something that's just been totally kicked to the curb and not being taught and people don't take, they don't know what the different plants are growing in the hedgerow. No. It's something I've re-educated myself on. Now I'm like looking at it and I'm looking at like, you know, like the cow parsley, like coming through in the hedge right now. Like I can see it, I can identify that plant. I'm like, that's going to be flowering really soon. Like, oh, yeah. wait, like, you know, and it's quite exciting knowing what's coming next. And Definitely. And I think even just like with the food particularly, like knowing where your plants come from, oh, yeah. like where your food yeah. comes from. Yeah. yeah. Like how does a tomato grow? Oh, it grows on a like yeah. tall vine type thing. Oh, totally. Like my kids are always like, you know, picking... Um, Picking the berries from, or whatever the berry bushes mm. that they're picking from, like the, the, the black currants up in the um, in the veg garden, and um, or digging, like they will just randomly take themselves off where they know the potatoes are growing, and just come back with like a plastic pot full of like potatoes. Like, here you go, mum. <laughs> we've dug up potatoes for tea, and I'm like, oh great, now I've got to do something with that. You know how wonderful is that? That like yeah. they totally know how it grew, they know where they are, they know how to harvest them, and. I, that I always wanted that for them and I think a bit and also with the flowers like the flowers that we sell like that's the whole story that we're trying to tell with them and I actually 
it's not actually that difficult to grow no. really beautiful flowers in your garden. Like generally I find that plants kind of want to flower mm-hmm. and they want to grow, even if you neglect them a bit. Yeah. Um, and actually that's the whole point of the flowers is they don't have to be this random item that you pick up at the end of your shop because it happens to be there and you think that'll look beautiful in a vase. Let's really think about reflecting the seasons that are outside. Let's think about the carbon footprint of those flowers mm-hmm. and you know, buying local and also with them not having any chemicals sprayed on them or anything else. Sorry, my, my house is full of animals that <laughs> want attention. Now the dog's looking at us through the glass, wanting to come in. Got the best sunny spot just there. <laughs> yeah, I know. The sun's just come out. How lucky are we with this winter so far? It's such a beautiful view. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. It's, um, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else have you got planned for this year? Um, we've got an exciting... So a few exciting things are happening. I am... Um, I've amazingly been asked to speak in a conference, an online flower growers conference, which is called the EAFG, mm-hmm. um, which is, um, it's, it's not this weekend, it's next weekend, it's the 11th to the 13th of February, um, and there's flower growers from all over the world. They're much more um, experienced flower growers than me speaking, and it's about all manner of flower growing, so it's not even just for flower farmers, it's for people who want to learn to grow flowers, people who are thinking about growing flowers, and it is literally, it's like question and answer sessions, it's interactive, you can watch it live or you can buy the conference and watch it at your leisure for Mm -hmm. like, I think it's available for like a year or something. Um, So I've been invited to speak in a really small section of that, which I'm really excited about and terrified of. Um, We're going to go to something called Garden Fest, which is at Powderham Castle, which is near us. Um, We're taking the truck and I'm also going to be doing a live demonstration of some floristry using my flowers and Amazing. Talking, yeah, talking. I haven't there. heard about this. I'm not scared to get. <laughs> which again, I'm slightly terrified about, and not quite sure how that's going to go. But yeah, so I've been invited to that, which is re- real honour and really exciting. Um, so yeah, so we're going to take the trucks and um, just talk about our flowers, and then I'm just going to yeah show people how how we arrange with our flowers and what you can do with them, um, and how we grow them. And then the other thing that we're working on as well um, is we're thinking about trying to make our flowers. Um, more available um, to like our wholesale market. So there's lots of florists, lots of people who want to buy our flowers, but not, the logistics aren't necessarily very easy for people to manage in terms of ordering them. Um, so yeah, so we're just I'm working together with a couple of other flower farmers in trying to make a bit of a cooperative. So like a Devon flower growers cooperative that people can then order their flowers from mm-hmm. and either get them delivered or come and pick them up. But that's a bit of a work in progress. It's like late night Zoom meetings. <laughs> Like literally coming up with that, but yeah, we're quite excited about pushing that forward this year and just basically making British flowers more available to more people. Yeah, definitely that easier. Yeah, I absolutely love the sound of this project, and I know lots of florists that say that they would buy, they would love to buy more British flowers, but. It's, it's just not the easiest thing no, to get not. your hands on. And, and they don't have time to go around all these different farms. <laughs> Sorry, my dog. Sorry, Shannon. Yeah, literally, they don't have the time to drive around all these different farms and pick up their flowers. Mm-hmm. And also, it's about learning, you know, what have you got in, in bloom? And not everyone's got the same amount of time. So it's all that correspondence. So we're trying to think, how can we make that an easier process? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're literally working on that at the moment. But that's really exciting. Um, so I'm doing that with a couple of other fab flower farmers. Um, yeah, and so that's... Um, that's hopefully coming up later in the year. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to see it all come to life. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bit crazy, but as well as kind of fulfilling all, all our other bits, which is um we work with a holiday company called Solcom Finest in Solcom and we deliver fresh flowers to their properties down there. Um and we have a couple of farm shops that we supply our flowers to um as well. So like yeah, just trying to keep it all all the kind of <laughs> the crazy juggle. <laughs> yeah, and people can order your flowers online as well. Oh yeah, they, they can, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. So we, we do we, we ship them out um 
kind of nationwide um, doing quite a lot of local deliveries mm -hmm. um, and got a new website coming actually um, exciting yeah that's exciting so that's not quite finished yet so my old website's still up there at the moment for Valentine's Day and um, so we're doing a big push on British flowers for Valentine's like kind of say no to the rose <laughs> it's all like British tulips um, not grown by me because mine aren't ready yet these are grown by Smith and Munson and they grow the most beautiful like quality tulips that you can buy completely different to what you pick up in the supermarket yeah um, so I had yeah. some for Christmas and they yeah. were just they lasted yeah. so long they were yeah. absolutely stunning oh, oh yeah they are they're like they're a grade above like mm. anything at the other stunning so yeah we're doing kind of um, tulips for Valentine's um, and yeah and then after that it'll be like after Mother's Day and stuff but hopefully I'll have a few more of my own flowers in the field by then yes. yeah but let's hope this warm weather continues and it's not going to be another cold spring <laughs> like last year. yeah hopefully we, we won't get that what is it first winter second winter oh. full spring <laughs> full on it was ridiculous last year I mean it was still it was still frosty I think like late May mm -hmm. it was crazy it was such a long winter last year I'm hoping but yeah so far, so good. It's been like sunny days, hasn't it? Yeah, today yeah. especially. Has yeah, been gorgeous. I know. Look at that. It's like full on sunshine out there. And we saw the first daffodil earlier. Yeah, yeah. I know. That was a shock to me. I had the yeah. to the field, and you were like, "Is that a daffodil?" I was like, "Oh my god, it actually <laughs> is. Like, it properly is. Yeah, that's amazing." And all the tulips are showing themselves suddenly as well. So that yeah. was that was quite exciting. Yeah. And obviously, we have to talk about the ranunculus in the polytunnel. Oh yeah. Which <laughs> all of them just look so full of life oh. and health. Yeah, I'm too scared about literally you cannot it's so true you cannot count your chickens <laughs> because I'm like yeah so far so good I'm treating them really mean I'm keeping them quite cool mm -hmm. I'm keeping them quite dry I'm only watering them once a week so I turn on the drip tape for about 20 minutes once a week um, and otherwise I've got both ends of the channel open and there I'm keeping them cold and so far so good because last year I managed to love a whole tunnel worth to death <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that can relate to loving, <laughs> yeah. loving their ranunculus to death. And actually, they're another flower that I really look forward to coming because mm. there's nothing like those as well. And I've never even seen a ranunculus like the florist type ones until like no. a couple of years ago. I'd never, I wouldn't have even known what you were talking about. Like, yeah, me neither. And they are a stunning flower. I don't see why you don't see more of them around. Maybe, maybe they're catching on now. I don't know. They're quite sturdy as well, aren't they? Yeah. Bouquets. And a lot of people say yeah. that they they look better as they age in the bowls. Oh, and they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And actually, the rule of the Italian ranunculus, which are the ones I grow, which is like um, there's a few varieties around, but these like like they're like florist grade, so mm -hmm. they are bigger than the ones you kind of get in the garden centres. But they actually say to let it completely open, close, open, close, and then cut it. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's like one of those ones that actually you don't cut it when it's like in bud. Mm -hmm. It's actually it's actually a better flower for having opened like kind of on the plant and then cut it then. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about those as well. Actually, yeah, yeah they're looking good so far. <laughs> the tunnel will just be. Like yeah, the most picturesque place. Oh, on let's, the hope. <laughs> let's hope. And then you've got your anemones outside. Yeah, which a lot of them are blooming currently after a little experiment. Yeah, so planted those at the end of the kind of late summer. Um, started some off just as a bit of an experiment, just to see what happened, and they have just been blooming since November. And I've actually not really used that many of them because it's been Christmas and there hasn't been so much focus on like fresh flowers. We took January off to have a little break, um, and they're still going. Like I actually picked some this week for bouquets. I can't yeah. believe it. So. To have flowers late, late, late in the year, definitely recommend. Start. I did actually do ranunculus at the same time, okay. and I did have some flowers, but they're not as hardy as anemones, mm -hmm. so they've like completely gone now. Um, but the anemones carrying on going.
I know it hasn't been particularly cold, but we have had quite a few frosts, yeah. actually. Especially the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah, we have, actually. And so I think they are hardier mm. than I first thought, even though people kind of bunch them together with ranunculus because they have a similar kind of bloom window mm. and a similar treatment, as if you soak the corn and then plant yeah. it. I think anemones are actually a lot hardier. Than yeah, they're just a lot less fussier in general, aren't yeah. they? Like, yeah. I just chuck mine in a container outside yeah. and they've grown. And they just get on with it. Yeah. yeah. And I love the way they grow. They're like little snake heads. They kind of come up all kind of bent over and then suddenly they straighten out. I didn't know that they did that to be yeah. said earlier. Yeah, and then like the rough bit that's like a kind of attached below the flower, as they in the vase, that bit gets further and further down the stem and they just get bigger. Oh, really? like the, 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 their actual heads seem to get bigger and bigger as they open out. Yeah, and they're another one that lasts for like three weeks in a vase. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know why they don't, people don't sell more of them yeah. as well, you know? Like they're they're yeah. such like exciting colours as well. Like yeah. blue flowers isn't something you see oh, particularly yeah. often. No, it's rare, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, like you'd think that they were like dyed or had yeah. some been like artificially. So vivid, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, they're so beautiful. I think the thing that they because they close up at night, aren't they? They're mm. one of those flowers that like react to the light and they close up. And I think sometimes I tuck them inside a bouquet, and people will say to me, "Oh, I didn't even realise that was in there, and it was just kind of tucked away." And then suddenly it has its like kind of moment a few days later in the vase, yeah. and it, it, it shocks them. They go, "Oh my goodness, what's that?" Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're really, they're really good. They are gorgeous. I've got lots of like yeah. pastel-y colour ones. This yeah. Year. yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. grown them before, but this year I'm just going up all out of everything. I so. don't know what I've just given you, but I think they are the black and white as well, and they're yes. really beautiful. They are so beautiful. Oh. I do think that that is. What, I couldn't you, think. I couldn't remember what you are. I'm pretty sure that that was it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah, they're really stunning. Yeah, and they, they actually produce quite a lot of stems as well, so you get quite a lot from like one corn. I'm always surprised how long they keep going on. They're quite yeah. prolific, and they're quite bulky plants considering that yeah. the corns when you plant them, they yeah. just look like a bit of like rock. Or mud, they? they just look like nothing, like a dropping. Yeah, <laughs> what is this? And then you kind of soak it for three hours, and then it kind of swells up, and then it gets these weird little roots. It is, that's mm. what I love about like what we work, like, what I work with. It's like nature is incredible, isn't it? It's yeah. Just, like, when you look at a dahlia tree, you think, what is that? Something so ugly becomes something yeah. so stunning, incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. It's magic, really. Mm. So you've talked about the things that you love, and the things that you grow the most, but. Do you have a flower nemesis? Um, I do kill loads of things mm. all the time. Like it's definitely not all plain sailing at all. Like I try and share a bit more of the real on the Instagram, and I think I will do a bit more this year, especially like with the ups and downs of like running my own business. There's like always something that has gone wrong or that hasn't germinated or that's died. I'm not allowed to grow any more Nicotiana. <laughs> like literally, I grew quite a lot of it last year, and I quite like it. And my husband, who does quite a lot of the harvesting for me, is like, "Do you're never allowed to grow that flower again?" Is it quite sticky? Yeah, he's like, "I cannot stand yeah. the feeling of that stem." No, I can't. It's horrible. <laughs> I've had to dig them out of the work garden this really? year because I was like, "I cannot deal with that texture." Yeah, he was like, "And I really quite like working with them, and they're quite useful and they're quite unusual." But no, I'm not allowed to grow them <laughs> at all. Um, and I'm trying to think what else I've been. I've managed to kill. Um, I cannot grow a strantia from seed for love and money. No, really? No, just hates me, doesn't appear. I just end up throwing away these seed trays that I've kept for like over a year. I just have not, I'm like, no, I'm giving up now, they're not going to germinate. Um, so yeah, I, I, I ended up buying in some small plants because the strantias are another really good perennial that just keeps on mm. going and sends up so many flowers. It's really beautiful, really long lasting. Um, so I wanted to, to grow as many of those as possible, but I've had to buy in plants because I just, yeah, that escapes me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a um, a trier. <laughs> Try hard everything, and then hopefully I'll grow enough that I won't necessarily brood over the ones mm. that haven't made it. 
To be fair, I do quite often think it's about the quantity. Yeah. Like, if you've grown a 1,000 and you lose a 100, you don't yeah. mind so much because no. you've still got 900. Whereas right. if you've grown three yeah. and you lose two, yeah. you're absolutely devastated. Absolutely. That is definitely good advice. Like, just, just grow as much as you can, more than you can handle. <laughs> because then you're just always going to think, oh, it's actually okay because I've got more. I would always, nearly always... Um, broadcast sow my seeds um, because it's a bit quicker to get them going mm -hmm. germinate them um, in the polytunnel and then I prick out into individual cells or pots depending mm -hmm. on how, how much space they need and then I keep that broadcast sown tray for you know probably I could probably keep it for about six to eight weeks probably even longer actually mm -hmm. um, because actually if anything then does die off in the pots like for whatever reason yeah. um, say a mouse has got into polytunnel and eaten them or something I've always got that kind of backup spare tray so I definitely think if you can make a bit you know, if you can make a bit of room to just keep a few little backup plants and then you, you think like, oh, okay, actually, like I've had some snapdragons that got caught by a chill and they've gone over, but I know I've still got the tray of the broadcast zone ones, yeah. there's still a few, so actually I've got a few backup ones, actually. That's such a good tip, not the end of the world. Especially because yeah. you tend to pick out the strongest ones from that tray to yeah. put on, yeah. and then you kind of discard yeah. them. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I know, and I can never bear to throw anything away either. I don't mm -hmm. know about you, but like the thought of throwing all these little babies on the on the compost heap, I feel a bit mean about, yeah. <laughs> about it, which I probably should be a little bit more ruthless. <laughs> I go through phases where I'm like, no, I can't possibly throw a seedling away, and yeah. then I'll get a bit fed up, and I'll chuck yeah. like trays and trays. Yeah, you do, get, you do get fed up in looking at the awful world. Yeah. You know, you're actually, you're getting. For me, it's the space thing, because my greenhouse is, well, it is spacious, but not quite as spacious as yours. <laughs> um, so it's like working out, like playing Jenga on yeah. where I can balance this, that and the other. And then it's like, oh, that one's just going to have to go, because for the two seedlings that are struggling to stay alive in that tray, it's, <laughs> it's probably not quite a lot of room. Yeah, I think every flower farmer right now is, I imagine, or I hope, is also staring at their greenhouses going... I have to plant all of this before I have any more room to yes. spring sow. And that's where I am at the moment. I'm thinking, all this lot has got to either get in the ground or get moved on or go outside to harden off yeah. because I need this space like next month. Like next month I'll start like spring sowing in earnest. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, yeah, I'm going to need all that space back from all my autumn sowing things. <laughs> and do you do quite a lot of successional sowing to kind of keep going throughout the year? I do do a bit. I don't do loads um, mm -hmm. because I just run out of time. So I've done an autumn sowing. Um, and I will do a spring sow of pretty much similar mm -hmm. similar things um, and also all the half hardy things. So things yeah. like straw flowers, I'll start off probably in April. And I'm going to try and be quite disciplined and do another sowing April, May of mm -hmm. some things like snapdragons that I want to go on a bit more into the autumn. Definitely learned from last year, I ran out of quite a few of the annuals mm -hmm. and they ran out of steam by the time September and actually need a bit more filler in yeah. September, October for bouquets and things to go with your dahlias and stuff. So yeah, I want to... Um, get a bit better about that. I do plan to do a succession of sewing, so yeah. <laughs> it's whether or not I follow the plan. <laughs> Hopefully I will. And do you, is there anything that you direct sew or do you do it all from trays? I don't direct sew anything at the moment. I did try and direct sew some larks for this year because it's mm -hmm. meant to be an easier or better way to grow it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's just the nature of our business, the way we run our business, which is that we are doing the floristry, we are doing the delivering, mm -hmm. we are doing the growing. Like if we were just at the farm every single day, seven days a week, then maybe it'd be a bit easier. But because yeah. we're trying to manage all different areas of the, of the business, it's actually harder. <laughs> Sorry, my animal's creating absolute madness. Um, it's actually harder to direct so and then like not keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. um, I have tried, but it hasn't worked that well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, maybe I'll just try a bit harder about that. I don't know, choosing the best timing. 
I can never decide whether it's because yeah. it, it seems like it should be easier, but then yeah. at the same time, I don't know if in reality it is. I know, like things like poppies, they're not meant for like root disturbance, are they? Yeah, meant to direct sow them, um, and I'd love to do it, but then I get a bit worried that nothing will come up. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what happened with me. I'm sure with the Icelandic yeah. poppies, I'm sure I saw like two that came up, but. Because it's not in the greenhouse, you're not really checking on it every no. day. And it's so tiny. Yeah. But like then the chance that something might just come along and like either stand on it yeah. or eat it. Like I can't take that chance. I'm definitely going to need some flowers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I just, yeah, I do try and raise it. A bit more control in terms mm -hmm. of raising it in cells. Definitely. Yeah. I think this year I'll probably do everything for the actual flower and filler beds yeah. in trays. But then yeah. I've, I have got like two little borders in the allotment that are just kind of there for yeah they're just there to be there rather I than for cut flowers so in there i might yeah. direct so to fill some gaps so things like cosmos that yeah. just germinate really really quickly especially when it's a bit warmer as well mm. so i think that might be a bit easier to do things like that definitely yeah. actually saying that in the work garden i direct so nigella and cosmos oh yeah really late probably like june yeah and maybe like end of may early june and they came up way better than any of the cosmos yeah. that I'd sown and done in trays at the allotment. Yeah, and they were just yeah. absolutely beautiful. And because they were a bit later, yeah, that's nice. It was really nice to have yeah. colours so late. That's really good year. idea. I think because we grow through like the Mipex plastic, mm. um, because we burn the holes and we have planting holes, so we literally know how many plants are in each yeah. bed. It's quite a bit harder to direct sow in there because actually Definitely. the light's a bit reduced. Um, but whereas we try and put a really big plug plant in there when we plant them in, we try and want them to at least be like kind of nine centimeter size, so quite a big plant mm -hmm. that goes in. Um, then they're already reaching the light. Whereas a little seedling, I don't know if it's going to reach the light through yeah. that plastic. Um, I think that's also what puts me off because um, for most of our plants, we do use that just for weed control because otherwise it would just be like weed city. It already is weed city up there, <laughs> <laughs> so we're just trying to keep on top of it as much as we can. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with oh, me today. You know it's been so lovely. It's been so nice to just take some time and talk it all through and meet you finally. Definitely. Yeah, so exciting. Yeah. yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, and before we go, where can people find you if they want to find out more? Um, some beautiful blooms. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I'm on Instagram, which is um, Amelia's Flower Farm. And then we have a website, which is amelia'sflowerfarm.co.uk. Um, yeah, no, I think that's probably, probably Instagram's probably, I'm, I'm on Facebook, I'm not as good mm -hmm. on Facebook. Actually, um, no, me neither. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, Instagram's probably like I try and share as much as what we're doing as possible mm -hmm. and like just a bit of real life, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always love your stories for like little bits of advice. Like, I loved you going through the seed catalogues and the books. And oh, really? As you were like <laughs> planning oh, good, what yeah. seeds you were growing for the year, yeah. that was really helpful. Oh, that's really good here. Oh, good. Yeah, you never quite know, do you? You just think, well, this is what I'm doing, and yeah, probably other people find this really boring, but <laughs> I know, I love it. <laughs> that's what I'm up to, yeah. You find your people, don't you? Definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs>I cannot wait to go back and see Amelia's flower farm in the summer. I just love everything about her business, her blooms and just her as a person. So 2022 is going to be a truly fabulous year. So make sure you're following along with her adventures at Amelia's flower farm. If you've loved listening, please do leave a review and let me know on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener. I love to hear from you with all of your questions, suggestions and your own gardening stories. That's all from me this week. Happy growing!